Traveling the Vortex We've joined the Doctor as he degenerates through the Vortex and arrives at episode 549. Or is that 48? I'm Keith. I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Glenn. <laughs> How's it going? He caught me up for a second because I was like, oh, wait a minute. Do we have the wrong one? But that was very no, clever. because like the episode's degenerating. Yeah, I like that. Now it's 547. <laughs> Uh-oh. How far Uh-oh. back are we going to go? I don't know. Well, he only went back three, so mm. maybe we shouldn't. Or maybe four. I guess it was four. Maybe five. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 546. A little unclear. It is, it is a little unclear, but... It is happening during the time war, so I assumed it was either eight. He started with eight or war, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, did you guys do anything this week? Anything exciting? Watch anything? Read anything? I did not. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I did I, not I, either. I, I have been uh, working my way through the uh, lock and key graphic novels. Mm. Ooh, are those good? They are. Uh, we enjoyed the show uh, on Netflix immensely. Finished that up with... Uh, Patrick for one of our um, TV nights and so I went to the library and I've been kind of checking them out a volume at a time and I'm up to volume five and I have to say the show actually stuck relatively close to the overall plot it uh, you know weaves in and out of uh, uh, episodes uh, in uh, graphic novel issues but um, the the main thrust of it is all still there so I'm pretty impressed with that but it's a good story and great artwork so I highly recommend them Nothing at all, Keith, huh? Nothing. I've been, I'm in season four of the UK version of Ghosts and almost done. and sad that I'm almost done. <laughs> so that catches you up, right? Yeah. Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex. Sean, I know something else that you did this week, and uh, I think that it is our uh, something new two-minute review for the week something new two-minute review so are you ready on my mark get set go and yeah so i uh, listened to the bbc audiobooks version of the worlds of doctor who uh which is a um, uh, an audio version of a book that's from back in the 70s uh or magazine i'm not sure glenn would have more information on that it is uh, narrated and read by Jeffrey Beavers and Louise Jameson, and I knew I was going to forget his name, uh, Strax. Dan Starkey. Dan Starkey. Dan Starkey, thank you. And essentially, it's just them reading the book. Uh, it is broken up into uh, uh, chapters, and there's some short stories, and there are some uh, you know, behind-the-scenes information on, uh, you know, uh, an interesting one was uh, the Radiophonic workshop mm-hmm. uh, and how they did some of the music it opens with kind of an overview of the show and the up to the quote-unquote current fourth doctor 
uh, and then all of the uh, adventure serials uh, that take place uh, are with uh, the fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane, and Harry, uh, which was really kind of a nice. Why well, I've missed this 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 era, you know. So it was kind of cool to get back into it. Um, Dan Starkey, while he doesn't do a good Tom Baker impression, he does have the rhythm and the cadence and the the kind of mannerisms in his speech patterns down. Uh, and so he was very good anytime he was uh, narrating one of them. He also does a very excellent Harry Sullivan. So those are a couple things that uh, you can look forward to. But uh, yeah, if you're familiar with the book, um, this is this is no different. It's just an audio version of said book. Uh, I was not familiar with the book, but it was uh, kind of cool to uh, have it to, as a reference guide just to see exactly how word for word it was. But that uh, just dropped, and that's my something new two-minute review. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I'm... Very well said, because I would agree 100% with everything you said. I had a chance to listen to it as well, and I think you're spot on the money. Um, just the, I also just did. The little bit oh, of, you did too? Mm-hmm. The little bit of background that you're asking about, this was a hardback book that released in 1976, and it was 64 pages. And I don't think they do all of the book. I think they leave a few things out of it. Uh, the comic stories that out, are printed. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like the comics they didn't do. Mm-hmm. I imagine that would be kind of hard to do audio mm-hmm. yeah audioly um, and <laughs> bbc uh, uh bbc books or bbc audio have done a few of these uh, annuals before um this kind of falls in that same vein and i sean i think that you this would be the best way to equate it to you didn't it sort of kind of give you the feeling of those yearbooks that you have that were yes, printed very in much it's so very much in line with those so very much so Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, well, let's move on to news. Well, as we theorized last time, a trailer dropped during Eurovision. <gasps> what? Eurovision contest. I didn't expect yeah. it. I know, so shocking. Um, but what was surprising about the trailer is it gave us the first, the or the not the first, the three episode titles for the specials. The Star Beast, Wild Blue Yonder, and The Giggle. I was really kind of taken aback by the first one, the Star Beast, and I don't think I don't suspect that they will that this will be an adaptation adaptation of the comic as they've done with like Jubilee for Dalek and um, what was the other one? Oh, Human Human Nature Family Human of Nature, Blood, Family of Blood, uh, which adapt the uh, the book uh, by Paul Cornell. 
I don't suspect that they're going to do that, but it does kind of muddy the <laughs> continuity <laughs> waters when you name something the same as a comic uh, with the fourth Doctor. But I suppose that there'll be some... We've I think we've had other stories that share titles as well, so I suppose this will just be one more. What did you guys it's think of the trailer? It's television story. Right. Oh, I, I liked it. I think it showed... It, yeah, I think it had a couple of... It had... I think it was mostly new footage, but also still didn't give away much about the, the, the specials, which I appreciated. Um, I liked getting a little better look at the um, things that are chasing um, Beep. And we did get a little better look at Beep the Meep as well um, when Donna touches its eye. <laughs> yeah, Donna got a real good look. Yeah. Up close personal look. But I think of all the trailers they've dropped, this one... I thought I this one made me most excited. And I think maybe it's because of the way it's crafted and we got the episode titles as well, so that was that little bonus. But I think this is the best one so far. I was also surprised by how many shots the new character Rose is mm-hmm. in yeah. there. Because she's in there a lot, even though she yeah. doesn't say anything. Well, I, I presume that she probably has quite a big part because she is, uh, she's Donna's stepsister because Donna's mom has now remarried mm. her dad. And so I have a feeling she's going to be quite a ro- role. And this was that Rose character that they kept teasing that was, you know, going to be cat or had been cast and everybody was speculating, right. you know, who this was. So this, this is who this is. And so I think she's going to probably have a pretty predominant role, especially considering that this trailer featured her a lot more. It almost made it seem like she is much more the companion mm-hmm. for the for the series or for the specials. I'm very, uh, very intrigued. Uh, I, the fact that they called it the Star Beast, <laughs> and 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 that was the first one, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to I'm, see what they're going to do. I am very excited. Now we we still don't have a start date, though, right? No, there's still not a start date. Mel which... was asking me, and I said that we were we were kind of sort of anticipating that it might be September, October, November, and that they would do one a month leading up to, but I didn't think that had been set in stone yet. No, I also wouldn't put it past them to do all three in the month of November either. So, especially yeah, since the, also true. The, the 30th or the 30th, the 60th anniversary doesn't even fall on the weekend this time, like it did with the 50th. So I'm not sure if we'll get one midweek or they'll just do the weekends and call it good. They, they might just do that and not worry about it landing on the actual mm. anniversary. I think they'll, celebrate and acknowledge the day of but they may not have one of those specials on those days yeah well it makes sense to go weekly it's yeah it's made me even more excited (laughs) and more um anxious to get it for november to get here november is a long ways away it is (laughs) it's almost surreal Mm -hmm. because I, i i feel in a weird way that we've gone so long without doctor who that now that they're advertising and that it's coming back and it's going to be a big brouhaha. There's a part of me that still doesn't quite want to believe that, you know, I can't believe it. I won't believe it until I see it. (laughs) We've, we've only gone four months without doctor who though. I know it's been (laughs) so long. I was about to look it up. I was like, I can't remember how long it's been, but it doesn't seem like it's been Um, that long. Let's see. Power of the doctor was in, 
October? October 20th, yeah. Yeah. October 22. So not it's that been long forever. ago. Uh, six months, yeah. So it's been half a year at least. By the time this actually comes, it'll be about a year. Mm-hmm. This is the way time moves, slowly and in the right order. (laughs) (laughs) You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Gulbranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire universe on shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. All right, well, should we move on to a review? We are uh, starting another 60th anniversary year special. Big Finish has uh, opted to celebrate um, the year with a series called Once and Future. And uh, they have released their first one in that series. And I think it's eight parts, nine parts. I can't remember. It actually goes into next year. Um, But anyway, this is the first one and it's called Past Lives. The Time War. The doctor has been injured and brought to a Time Lord Field Hospital. His body glows with energy, but this is no regeneration into a future form. Instead, the doctor's past faces begin to appear as he flits haphazardly between incarnations. Staggering to his TARDIS, the doctor sets out to solve the mystery of his degeneration. Who has done this to him? How and why? From the Earth to the stars, across an array of familiar times and places, he follows clues to retrace his steps encountering old friends and enemies along the way. Tumbling through his lives, the Doctor must stop his degeneration before he loses himself completely. I'll give it a dun-dun-dun. I completely enjoyed this story. Yeah, I um, give it a dun-dun-dun also. I think that um, it's it's not there's not a lot of depth to it, and I, I think going into it, I, I sort of wondered if it would be or wouldn't be, especially since they're pulling this out so long. In the past, they did light it. Was it light at the end? Was their fiftieth anniversary one, which was the mm-hmm. big box set that all sort of came together, and it sort of had this major epic well, feel to it. You know what I mean? Like this kind of weight that they had put all of this together. And I think then, you're thinking the legacy of time. Because... No, no, legacy of time was big finishes. Oh no, I'm, I may have them backwards. Don't yeah, I? yeah. Well, legacy of time was the most recent big okay. thing they did. That so, was a whole box set, and then light the at the previous end. one that you light at the end was just yep. one story, wasn't it? It was their fifty. Well, I think it was bro. It was it was a it box was 50th, set. Fiftieth, but it was a box set. But wasn't it like four parts? I mean, it all came out together. To but I, I seem to think I want to say was, it was it was like a. I mean, yes, it, it, was it short. came out as one solid release, but right. I want to it was say two it parts. was a three or four oh, hours. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, two parts. two parts, so probably two hours for each part. Yeah, yeah something okay. like that. Well, it, regardless, it, but it was, it was, it was meaty. And then same thing with, uh, as you said, uh, what was the Legacy of Time? Legacy of Time. Which was, that was the one that had, big was finishes more, uh, anniversary, yeah. I think 25th or 30th. It must have been the twenty. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and so that one too, you know, had sort of this epic feel to it. And this one, and I think it's probably because they're pacing it out over how many ever 
um, they're doing. I can't remember what they said there was ultimately going to be, but um, I think that I I went into it thinking that this was going to be like this happens and then there's dump this big cliffhanger, which there sort of is. But this story itself is really sort of a fun fourth doctor romp as well. And it's what only an hour, I think, was the the total runtime on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight. There are going to be eight of them, and um, it. I kind of like the idea of this not actually being the fourth Doctor, as we've kind of accepted with the fourteenth Doctor that this is another incarnation. Regardless of the fact that we're seeing the tenth Doctor's face, this is a different incarnation of Doctor. Presumably, if you count. This is a quote unquote degeneration where he's actually stepping back through lives, then yes, this is essentially the fourth doctor. But in my mind, it also, since he stepped back from the seventh doctor on back, I either, I kind of felt like this started as the eighth doctor. And this is almost like the eighth incarnation that's going to be running around as these, you know, as his past selves. Uh, obviously being portrayed by the actors that that are still with us and and uh, presumably Stephen Newman who Noonan who did the first doctor in this and uh, Michael Troughton who did the second doctor voice um but it 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 kind of caught me by surprise because it's just really this light kind of fun story especially when the monk shows up you know the mentally monk we've always <laughs> liked because when he shows up there's a bit of levity there you know there's it's it's, it's just it, they're always kind of a lighter story. You know, you're going to get a little bit of humor out of the monk. Um, he's almost a, a little, you know, he's, he's conniving, but he's no master. He's a little bit bumbling. He's no Ronnie, but he's also, you know, another renegade time lord that I think they have a lot of fun with. And I think this story does a good job of uh, playing to that kind of character, uh, especially the fact that he's having, you know, he's gotten into some trouble with somebody and he's having to fix that. You know, it's almost like the mafia's, you know, <laughs> he's gotten in trouble with the mafia and he's the mob and they're they're coming after him unless he does favors for him. So, um, but I really liked that. And, I, and he thoroughly enjoyed Tom in this. Tom sounds like he is having fun. And that man is what, 80, what is he, 89, 87, 80, he's in his upper 80s. That man, he has so much energy when he does these recordings. And I'm, I'm, it amazes me that somebody at that age, and I'm glad that he can, it's, but it's amazing that somebody at that age can put that much energy into that character. And I think that shows that he really loves playing that part so much. Um, it was a pleasure to hear um, uh, Kate and Osgood in this. I thought they were they were well played, although... Uh, doing their own thing and being very unit-like, it almost was more of a uh, recalling of the Brigadier. <laughs> you know, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't tell me what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm in charge here. Uh, so I, th- I kind of liked that, although they sort of get themselves in trouble and kind of almost muck things up. And then uh, Sadie, Mir- uh, Sadie Miller uh, as mm-hmm. Sarah Jane wonderful job um if her tone isn't quite there her cadence and her energy is and i think that she is feeling that this this is my first you know uh 
experience with her playing Sarah Jane. But uh, and and for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Sadie Miller is um, uh, Elizabeth Sladen's daughter, and so just just to hear her, I really by this probably third or fourth line she had, I completely bought into the fact that it was Sarah Jane in this story. Hmm. Uh, I, I echo a lot of what you said. I've, I like the idea of the degeneration. I think it's really cool. And I also got the impression that this is the eighth doctor, even though it's, he's wearing the fourth doctor's face. Like he ha- even, I almost seems to have the memories of mm-hmm. everything that's happened. So it's not like a true degeneration where his mind has gone back to, it's just physically he's gone back, which I think is a cool idea. And you know, while there doesn't seem to be a great imminent threat to it, it's a nice mechanism to give us the different incarnations without having it be a multi-doctor story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I like Kate and Osgood's involvement and the fact that it, it, it where it is set in their timeline, it appears that it gives them kind of the, it gives Osgood the reason why she's wearing a scarf. Mm-hmm. You know, and when we see her in Day of the Doctor, because in theory this is pro- set before that, um, the monk played by Rufus Hound is absolutely delightful again. Yeah, uh, I I know we heard him as the hound, the the monk before, but he does such a, a f- he puts so much into it and has so much energy and so much fun recording it. And it fits the monk's character so well that this is probably my favorite incarnation of the monk. He mm-hmm. is just so much fun to listen to. I think the what he's going through and what he's doing, I think, is kind of an interesting, you know, like you said, mob-esque. Uh, he's got to get out of trouble. And I enjoyed that aspect because it was also all perfectly in line with the monk of what kind of shenanigans he would get into. Um, my only... There were times when Sadie Miller, I thought, sounded like Sarah Jane, but there were a lot of times when I didn't think she did. Mm. Um, I thought she had great energy and almost maybe too much energy. And I thought sometimes she sounded more like Nyssa than Sarah Jane. Mm. I don't know if it's an accent thing or the crispness of her voice because... Sarah almost has kind of a, a little raspier voice, I think, thinking back to how she used to talk. I don't know. There's just something about the way she performed. Her delivery just didn't land perfectly as Sarah Jane. I I often had to remind myself that it was Sarah Jane, not just some random woman that was along for the ride. I concur a lot with what Glenn said and a lot more with what Keith said. Um, I enjoyed the story. The, 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 the nugget of the adventure I was on board with. That was fun. And uh, it was just, as you said, it's a romp. Um, I was less impressed with the idea of setting up this framework story as the, 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 a degeneration. Um, maybe, I always hope for a multi-doctor story. And then when I don't get it, I'm, I'm, I'm ultimately disappointed. So maybe it's just simply my expectations are, are set inappropriately. Um, I think the idea is cool, but then if you're only going to use that as 
this excuse to, to, to kind of do a, a solo doctor adventure with each one of these actors, then it's kind of like, eh, okay. Now, uh, admittedly, you know, that's, that's the frame story. Mm -hmm. I don't have any of the rest of that. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't feel like I can really judge it too harshly on that one. Um, performance wise, you're right. Tom sounds like he's having a blast. Uh, and, uh, uh both, uh, 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 Gemma and, um, Osgood were, 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 were fine additions. Um, and, and, you know, sounded like they were having fun. It was, it was cool to have them there. And in particular to have this doctor with that pairing, um, that, that made for a lot of fun. Sadie Miller has some of the Sarah Jane traits down. Um, and obviously she would know because it's her mom, but like Keith, I, I, they, they just didn't land for me. And more often than not, it didn't land. There were a couple of lines that yes, did work. And okay, yeah, I'm in the moment and this is Sarah Jane. And then she would say something else and it would, it would just kind of break that spell for me and be like, mm, nope, not, 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 not so much. I also had kind of a, a, a rude awakening moment in the middle of the story when I suddenly realized that because we have snatched Sarah Jane right off the streets mm -hmm. of wherever she yeah. had been dumped off <laughs> that she's wearing the Andy Pandy outfit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought the same. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And, and I thought it odd that nobody commented on it. I forgot, I forgot okay. about I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Like I said, I listened to this like two weeks ago when it came out. So, um, so, so that was a, a, a bit of a shocker there. And then, um, there's the monk. Now I don't know. Have we listened to a, a meddling monk story? for the podcast we with, did we had um with rufus yeah rufus. we had um it was the missy story wasn't yes it? yes he was in one of the missy stories uh, okay. the force beheaded regenerated mm -hmm. i know and that one sounds familiar i don't know what the difference was because i i didn't make this connection at all with that story then but with this one he he, he would get worked up and I kept imagining um, Jonathan from The Mummy, Evie's brother, mm, okay. Uh, okay. played by John Hanna. Right. And, and he, when, he, when he would start to talk and he would get a little high-pitched and a little excitable and very fast talking, John Hanna kept popping into my head mm. from The Mummy specifically. And once my brain latched onto that, I could not let go of it. And I kept having a hard time getting back into this is the monk, mm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just stop trying to import from other sources because <laughs> you're not listening to the mummy. You're listening to Dr. Who, but for whatever reason, my brain just would not let go of that idea. And so I fought that through the whole thing. And, um, it's not that he was bad. Uh, you know, I don't want to give that impression at all. It mm. just, it, it, for some reason, the, the, the vocalizations of this one just kind of kept pulling me back out of the story. And I was having a fun time with the story, but it kind of kept butting into that glass ceiling for some reason. So there were a lot of little things that kind of piled up and, and, and dampened it for me. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to, you know, I'm, I'm going to let go of the, the, you know, the overall framework issue until we get further in and see where they go with it. And, you know, if by the eighth episode, that was all it was. Okay. I'll complain about it then. But if they work it back in that, it was a, you know, exciting thing. And 
you know, oh, it was this. It's like, oh, okay, cool. That was a neat, a neat idea. So, yeah, since we don't know what caused it, I mean, yeah, and and the overall mystery with the monk doesn't really, you know, further that storyline at all, other than yeah. setting it up. It's it's hard to judge that aspect of it right now. And it was difficult too because they, you know, when the doctor comes to him and says, "Well, you were you, you did the thing," and then he he doesn't admit to it or deny it he's just kind of doing his own thing and then mm -hmm. later at the very end he's like oh no it wasn't me it's like dude you could have said that early on and <laughs> saved yourself a whole lot of trouble right. you know he could have gotten away with it too right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um you know so, and, and then of course the, the doctor you know how are you tracking me anyway oh i installed it why are you <laughs> telling the bad guy what you did <laughs> Because this it, should not be your first rodeo, because Doc. It makes him clever. <laughs> makes him sound clever. And he likes showing off to these. He does clever. like showing off. Well, I think having the fourth doctor and this incarnation of the mat of the no, no, I almost said master, the the monk together, I think is a great pairing. They both mm. are such over the top characters, so large that the way they butt heads is really enjoyable to listen to. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yes. And I never had a John Hanna thought in my head on this. Of course, I I more heard, you know, the Sam Swift from when Rufus was on in the in the woman who lived. I mean, mm, so it's right on TV. Yeah. Mm. I also um, thoroughly and I, I love Osgood, and I love the kind of constant where you you, you were sleeping here. We're gonna have to talk your about your, your your work life balance here, and then oh well, occasionally I take work take home with me, and it was like oh god, <laughs> just, and then was... her apartment. Oh, she's got a mural on the wall. <laughs> just... well, she's all in bed. I said, don't go, don't look in there. <laughs> um, what's the story? Did I can't remember if I read this on my own or if this was something we reviewed but there's a story with osgood where she's it's before she's promoted to second in command or second or, or kate's second i suppose um and she's working in the black archive and in that it implies i think that the the uh one of the santaran suits is being stored down there and uh, whatever the guy from the Santaran experiment, it, it, it like his essence or energy becomes. And this isn't ringing any bells with anybody. That maybe sounds I, familiar. Maybe I me. read it myself. I can't remember. But anyway, it, it it sort of made it was in in mind to when she said that she stays at work all the time. I I recalled back to that because I think there's a part in there where she talks about how very often she'd get so involved in what she was doing that she would just sleep there in her office. So. The for the girl who has everything. That's the one. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, in yeah. that uh, wintertime paradox. Oh right, yes. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Now that sounds like an Osgood line. Mm, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, just and um, back to your. You guys were talking about the monk. I think that. Most, I don't think, do this, but I think Rufus Hound is sort of trying to put some Peter Buttersworth into it as well, because I don't see, I think he puts his own stamp on it, but I don't see a broad leap between the two. And I know we've had an incarnation between the Butterworth monk and this monk, 
which was a female actually. And, but it's, it's, there's not a large leap between the two. They all, in fact, I think personality wise, they could be pretty much the same. Although the doctor personality wise is quite different each time. But I think even in some of the, the things that he says and the way that he says them are, are also very much in the line. So, so I didn't have anybody else in mind when he would be, um, you know, whenever he had any sort of lines, because I just immediately was calling back to Peter Butterworth's uh, performance in uh, the meddling uh, time meddler and uh, Dalek. Um, oh, is the big Dalek epic Dalek story that he shows up in master plan. That's it. Dalek yes. master plan. Yeah. It's just a me thing. My brain is broken. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, to to your point about a multi doctor story too, I I know where you're coming from, and I almost wonder if when we get to whether it be the coda, which by the way I was looking this looking at yeah, this, like that coda is like yeah next year, it's like a whole year away, but maybe even in the union, which is the seventh story this year that's supposed to drop uh, in late October, I wonder if that will in will be a big culmination and we will get our multi-doctor story at that point. Um, so that everybody sort of gets their own story and then everybody's sort of brought together for that one big, you know, finale. Yeah. Cause they haven't really given us a lot of details other than what's coming up ne next. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, we know that multiple doctors are involved, but that's about it. Well, and you, you always run the risk with a multi-doctor story because they, they tend to trot them out for anniversaries and they're always, you know, a lot of fun and they're big fan events and everybody loves them. But if you do them all the time, if you do them for every anniversary, then it becomes expected and it becomes mm. the standard and a, a, a multi-doctor story should never be standard. It yeah. should never be, you know, run of the mill. And, and it does feel like Big Finish does a lot of multi-doctor stories. Yeah, Big Finish in particular does it's, a lot of them. It's starting to feel that way, can. yes. Yeah, starting to feel that way. So, I, don't think it, I don't think they were at, I, I don't think they're at that point where I'm tired of them doing multi-doctor stories, but I think I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, you do tend to do a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way of looking at it. Um, so having, having said that, you know, I, I'm not complaining per se that it's not a multi-doctor story in the in the traditional sense of of, of that mm -hmm. um but it just feels like for, for for the sake of everybody getting their own standalone story i i guess i don't see the reason that he was de-regenerated and again well we'll explain i hope i hope they'll yeah explain i mean that. so that's the that's line. the macguffin of the whole thing is figuring out why he's degenerating so right but you know it, it seems to me that if you you don't necessarily need that macguffin you could just do here's a fourth doctor story here's a fifth doctor story here's etc well up the line and then go oh surprise they're all related oh you i know, see and, what you're you saying get, oh. you, you don't you don't so need instead of to, coming out at the beginning coming out at the end with the mystery of this has been happening or letting, letting the, the listener in on that this has been happening. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I'm, and again, I'm not saying that's better. I'm just saying that's one way of doing it. So mm -hmm. I really hope that this has that payoff that warrants its existence. Oh, I would. Is that, would a, hope does that so. make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I would hope so. I, I would Cause if so we too. get to the end of this thing and it was just like, eh, and so I, uh, you know, I degenerated you because, uh, I didn't want you to catch me eating the peanut butter. It'll be like, Ugh, okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, you what's exciting. Oh, go ahead, Keith. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I was going to ask what you guys thought of the, we haven't talked about the Hyrath. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of a one and done. And to be quite honest with you, I sort of saw this part of the story coming, especially when the doctor was very much telling them you don't want to do that you don't want to wake them up this isn't something yeah. you want to do it was um i was almost a little heavy-handed into the fact that he was giving the main hyrinth a chance you know basically don't do this you'll regret it kind of thing and so in doing so i thought okay this is going to be one of these things where the doctor already knows it's it's futile and that these right. these, these things are going to go these are going to you know it's not going to work out for him so I quite liked the race um, themselves and the idea mm. that, uh, you know, the, these these ancient warriors and, and the fact that, uh, you know, he charged even though he could barely lift his weapon and, uh, you know, died because he had a heart attack from trying to pick it up. You know, it's like, okay, this is some hardcore. This is like, you know, Klingons ramped up to the, <laughs> okay, cool. I, 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 kind of did, I agree with you. I think it's a one and done. I don't think we'll ever bother seeing them come back. And yes, the end of it was was pretty well well this is going to end badly for you well, i okay. sort of think we could we could see them come back if we see that um adventure with uh sarah jane and, and uh the fourth doctor because they had encountered the them before I, or they say yeah, that was one of the things before. i liked about it was the fact that there was this monsters or alien enemies from a previous story that we didn't get to see yeah and how it tied into everything and while we didn't get a lot of details on it we got just enough to kind of understand what happened and how it went and picking up from it it was it was a nice little i thought it was a nice way to approach it instead of having brand new enemies and going one step further with that the fact that the doctor and sarah jane are like oh yeah well we did this thing and Kate and Osgood are freaking out because it's not in the records. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because now we have to call into question everything. everything. <laughs> what else don't we know? <laughs> Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. All right, well, what else on this? I was going to bring up, and I, that's why I had you go first, Keith, because I felt like I was moving ahead. But um, I'm getting very excited for the next one because we do know that the next one is the fifth Doctor, Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, Jenny, and the curator. But the curator is being played by Colin Baker. So apparently there's more than one incarnation of the curator. Curator as well. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. 
So is this the doctor's daughter, Jenny, or the doctor's daughter? The doctor's daughter, daughter Jenny. Jenny. Wait, Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both? <laughs> that joke never gets old. <laughs> All right, well, what do we got coming up next on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up next on the schedule, we return to Act 3 of the Time War with Gallifrey, Time War 4. And we will review all four of those stories, followed by dipping our toes back into Season 6B with the Past Doctor Adventures book, World Game. And then uh, we get some more Time War with uh, The War Doctor Begins 5, in theory. <laughs> if it's no, out we'll, when we'll we be, think we're going to No, we'll be good. It. We'll be good. We oh, we're it. good? Okay. Yeah, well, that, that, that one comes out this month, and we're not doing it until next month, so we'll be okay. Okay, so yeah. we're good. So <laughs> the, 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 the soon-to-be-released War mm. Doctor Begins yeah, 5, fact, Comrades come, in Arms. I think that comes out tomorrow. Or this weekend. And then, uh, and then we go back to the 60th anniversary tie-ins with uh, some more comic goodness with uh, Time Slip and The Star Beast along with the comic strip adaptations, Doctor Who and the Star Beast from Big Finish. So much more to look forward to. Lots of fun stuff coming up. I guess we should have uh, mentioned, we talked about it before we started recording, but it was kind of um, ironic how uh, Once in Future is actually taking place during the Time War <laughs> as <laughs> we're going through these. our Time War stories. <laughs> so we just can't get away from it, guys. We really can't. <laughs> Even on weeks when we're not doing the Time War, we're doing the Time War. It's everywhere. <laughs> of course, and you can find. Yeah, of course, you can find us on our website, travelingthevortex.com. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not put some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on our Patreon link. And to consider supporting us. And when you become a patron of the podcast, you unlock more audios and specials from us. If you could just give us $1 a month, just a dollar a month, we'd love to have more. But just even a dollar a month helps us keep the lights on here at Traveling the Vortex. Also, please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you uh, subscribe to this podcast. Anything else we need to touch on before we uh, close this one, fellas? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you, and thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.